The Bible reading today comes from Matthew 25, verses 31 through to 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison, and go to visit you. The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or needing clothes, or sick or in prison, and did not help you? He will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Adrian. Good morning, everyone. My name's Ian. Some of you might know that, some may not. It's a great passage. Deep down, I think... uh, As I was hearing Rachel pray, I'm thinking really she wanted to say, Heavenly Father, forgive us this week for being such goats, but she's too gracious to say that, so uh, I said that instead. Uh, It was great to see 8 o'clock here this morning, it's very encouraging to have them part of our world, and it's good to see you here today. Uh, Let me uh, just be direct, as you know, I'm another step closer to the end of my ministry here at Fig Tree. Uh, It has its own uh, impact on me, and in terms of the Matthew's Gospel journey, Jesus himself is nearly at the end of his journey, not that my journey and his can in any way compare. Sometimes I wonder, well, if I thought about finishing it this this year and with this season, what would I actually speak on? But the decision to speak on what we're we're talking about today was made probably five, six years ago. Because as you know, we've been going through Matthew's Gospel uh, this time for quite a while. 
And so it seems most, most appropriate that in fact we move towards this part of, of the scriptures. But I sometimes wonder, what would it be, what do you think the disciples would really like to hear from Jesus before he goes to the cross? Matthew 25, he's only got about two days to go before he goes through an enormous trial in 26 and then 27. And he's crucified and we know what happens after that, which we'll get to next week. But what do you think that they would like to hear him say? I think that because sometimes I think, well, what is it that you'd like to hear me say as my few weeks run down? Well, what is it that would help you in this season? And let me say to you, all of you, I think Matthew 25 is one of the best parts I can go to to help you all in this season because I think it's crucial. We want to make our lives count. And even as you hear the Bible read from Adrian this morning, you get a strong sense, okay, our lives are going to count in terms of how we interact with each other, how we speak to each other, how we care for each other. And there's a very direct application towards uh, brothers and sisters, which we'll get to in a moment. Don't under, in any way underestimate that, yes, there is a general rule that we should care for everyone. That doesn't surprise me. It shouldn't surprise you. The Apostle Paul says, of course, in Galatians 6, let us uh, do good to all people, all people, especially to the household of faith. So it's not as if somehow, uh, even as you look at this part of Scripture, even when it's applied, we've got to be concerned for everyone. And I'm so pleased that historically over the years, this passage has triggered compassion works for millions of people. There's no doubt about that. And it's absolutely uh, helped millions uh, in their lives. But as you hear it and as we think about it, indeed for us, if we jump back to Matthew 5 about how we are going to be a light to this city, let alone post-COVID, that word which one day we might forget about, uh, post, it's going to matter how we care for each other and care for others. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and mercy to us. And Father, we ask that indeed our hearts and minds are open to what you'd have to say to us today. And help us understand again and again that how we care and respond to the needs of each other and others is in one sense a litmus test to our own transformation by grace. And we ask that you guide us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, no matter how I say what I'm going to say or what he said, please never write down that Ian is saying my salvation is by works. The more I do, the more I get credit with God to get into heaven. That is absolutely, and those watching at home, not true. Write down, not true. No matter the inner heart that desires, say, well, surely the passage before us indicates that I should do more, and we'll get to that in a moment or two, and that's going to help me somehow earn merit before I have... No, no, no. Salvation is by grace alone, faith alone in Christ alone. You know that. I'm echoing it again just in case someone somewhere has forgotten that. So that's not true. Uh, But what is it that matters deep down? And understand this, that Uh, you are free to make any choice you like in this life. Free to make any choice you like. But understand the choices you make, the consequences about those choices will be made by someone else. If you drink and drive and get caught, someone else will make the decision about what happens to you. If you decide to ignore Christ in this life, you do not make the decision at the end about what happens to you. Jesus himself will make that call. So understand that. While you're free to do whatever you like, The consequences of your actions will be decided by someone else. A very important thing. Uh, This passage before us is full of comparison and contrasts. Look, I know if I had a hat, I should have brought a hat. I'll do it tonight. I take my hat off to all the members of Fig Tree who've cared so much for each other in so many ways. 
I think of the manor ministry. I think of young mums and dads who have babies and meals are provided. And I think of the hospital visits, the pastoral care visits. There's a list of things that you guys have done. Well done. Fantastic. We would not be where we are if you had not done that. So guys, brothers and sisters, well done. We need to remind ourselves though, so why is this part of scripture so important? What is the key in terms of the next session, let alone what is it that Jesus wants us to really hear before he goes to the cross? And I feel the weight of this passage because it's, it's a, it is about judgment. Okay, it's about judgment. Let's get that out there really hot. And Jesus feels the weight of what he's saying and you see that echoed in Matthew 26 around verse 37 and 38 where Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane He's feeling the weight of all that is going on and he utters those great words, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death and he goes, Father, oh, can you, can you oh, take this cup from me? But if it's not your will, it might not happen. So understand, the nations, as in all people, are going to be judged in how they respond to the chain challenge of the gospel at each other. A couple of things to take note of. Life beyond death is assumed way back then. We may not talk about it as much today. Um, we might even feel that in our modern contemporary world, a passage like Matthew 25 is totally unacceptable. How dare a preacher or Jesus speak about division? Uh, sheep and goats. Uh, the passage itself also challenges, which is often hard as a pastor, and there's some pastors here, when you speak of heaven. This passage challenges the preconceived idea that everyone goes to heaven. That is not true, and it has never been true. But we wanna say that, and I hear people say that all the time. Uh, again, look, the issue of verse 46, you got your Bibles there, this issue of eternal punishment, this issue of separation, this issue of going somewhere which is not as nice as the other place, we don't like that either. And by the way, uh, this side of life, and it was hot yesterday, it's hot today, am I allowed to therefore literally say, depending on the decision you're making now, the end, it could even be hotter. And also, when I lifted the lid, it stinks. Be careful how you live your life. Make it count. Judgment is real, left and right is real. Otherwise, you could stop and think, let's just go back to Genesis 4, Cain and Abel, don't you love the story? You know, God comes in, where's Abel? And then in Genesis uh, 4, uh, 1 to 13, it's like, Abel, am I my brother's keeper? Yes. Yeah, you should be. You should be mindful of your brother or sister in Christ. And so we read from verse 31, when the Son of Man comes in his glory about his return and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd, a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He'll put the sheep on his right, your left, and the goats on his left, your right. Uh, do you believe this? Are you living a life where you understand this, let alone in light of Matthew 24? When I challenged you last week, are you ready? Are you ready for the end? Are you ready for Christ to come back at any time? Are you ready for the persecution that is going to unfold in your life as Christians? Are you ready for the persecution that's gonna affect your children? 
No matter what school they go to, your grandchildren, are you praying now for them for protection? Are you ready yourself to suffer? Are you ready yourself to admit that you're a Christ follower? Don't somehow think that as Jesus describes the end times in Matthew 24, that somehow the future is gonna be a rosy picture. Start praying now for your next leader and his wife especially and their children if they have children. Are you ready? Do you believe he's gonna come back and do you believe he's gonna come back and judge? One writer said this, it's hard for us to remember that these words were uttered by man standing in the gathering dusk of the Mount of Olives in the midst of a tiny band of forsaken men looking over a city, and you might have sensed that from uh, Matthew 23, which Shane spoke on a little while ago, as Jesus wanted to wrap them. Oh, if only they knew the care he had for them. And so as Jesus enters these, uh, utters these words, it's like he knows what's coming, but he wants others to be aware of the challenge. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, he will sit on his glorious throne, and before him all the nations, all people will be gathered. Uh, isn't it great? That just simply means there'll be no more division about Republicans and Democrats, I can't help myself. No more division about Liberals or Labour, no more division about who you are, the colour of your skin, your background. Doesn't matter. They're all lined up. Jesus knows who we are and he knows how to separate. No interrogation, no questioning, they're lined up and he'll start the process. Sheep on the right, goats on the left. Done. It's quite a challenging thought, it seems to me. And yet, throughout all of Matthew's Gospel, Jesus' heart for the will of God is so crucial. So crucial. There's no division between those Gospel haters or a difference of opinion about different things. And you can check out 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 to get a greater sense of this as well. Jesus is distinguishing sharply among all the people who profess to be Christians and claim to belong to him. Matthew 7 echoes that. Those who do church, those who do religion, compared to those lives who've been truly transformed by the grace of Christ. He knows who we are. And yes, as others know, sheep and goats, depending where you are and what part of the world, can look very similar. And every church has sheep and goats. Those online, they're all nodding now about that. Well, they're not really, I'm just saying that. But every church has sheep and goats, and you may not even know what the difference is. But Jesus does. And so this issue about our choices, it really matters. Verse 34, then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I, was, I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Now we know the response. Jesus is making it very clear, an authentic mark of a Christ follower, saved by grace, transformed, and being transformed into the image of Jesus, is how we treat each other how we treat brothers and sisters in Christ. It's the, nearly the practical demonstration of a changed life is the proof. These are words Jesus is saying right towards the end. No questions about this. And so you know, as a follower of Jesus, it does mean embracing 
other believers. Ever found that hard? That's a rhetorical question. You might not want to respond. Isn't it easy how we embrace other believers? We do it without a hesitation. It's tough sometimes. But how we treat each other is crucial here. Crucial. Uh, and, and this transformation about how we relate and how we care is evidence of that. And so both the sheep and the goats are stunned, not so much it seems by the separation, but stunned by the reason behind that. And, and, and they're quite shocked by that. As in, so as you help them, you've been helping me. Uh, you know, as you go out of your way for a brother or sister, I wonder how many of you, you know, you bring kids along to youth group on a Friday night, put them in the car, bring them along, take turns doing that, caring for each other through meals. Um, you, you, you do it without thinking about it. You don't do it by saying, good, I've done that tonight, Friday night the 10th, I've done that for Jesus, I'll just log that. You just do it because it's the right thing to do, to care for others. Uh, and... Jesus identifies himself with those in that situation. He identifies himself with those in need. Verse 37, Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, Huh? That word's actually not in the Bible, just in case you're wondering. When did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty, or give you something to drink? When did we see you, a stranger, and invite you in, or needing clothes, or clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison to go and visit you? The king will reply, truly, verse 40, I, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And that verse 40 is key because verse 45 is the opposite. Whatever you did not do for the least of these, you did not do for me. And it's the reason behind this that they're shocked by it. Now you might be sitting and thinking, well, who then are the brothers and sisters he's talking about? Well, the great news is the Bible, of course, tells us, and Matthew 12 tells us. At the end of Matthew 12, around verse 46 to 50, uh, someone's pointing out to Jesus that there is your mother and your brother and sister. And he asks the question, so who is my mother, brother, sister? And the response is clear. Whoever does the will of my father. That's who my brothers and sisters are. So Jesus knows his own. We know that from John's gospel. The sheep know the shepherd. The shepherd knows the sheep. Whatever you did for the least of these. And so R.T. France, a writer, says ultimately the question is, what is your relationship with Jesus? What is your connection with him? Because that triggers your relationship with others. And yes, while Scripture doesn't identify the poor and needy in who they are, and we should never, again, can I say this, we should never underestimate the power of caring for the marginalised, the poor. And in fact, uh, Langdon knows this, uh, in the last uh, month, I feel it was, um, there's a group from England called Cinnamon. And there's this Cinnamon Faith Action Report that churches in the Illawarra have done. And the Illawarra, in fact, was the first area to do this report. And the details from the report, and I'll put it here just in case you can see, the Illawarra area provides what is called social capital to, to the value of just under $10 million annually, the churches in the Illawarra. That's their estimation about that. And I think I can see it upside down. We help around 141,000 uh, every year, the churches in the Illawarra. Now I know uh, they wanna do this around the globe, Australia-wise, so the government can know that the churches actually do some good. 
Have you ever thought the church would do some good? I think they do. It's surprising how much good we do, yet most of us probably don't promote it like that, which is good. And look, we should be concerned for everyone. Look at Amos, look at Isaiah. There is a profoundness about us caring for others who are far from Christ, to care for all those in need. But this part of scripture shouldn't necessarily be used to argue that case. This is about his brothers and sisters, about membership of the community of Christ. And following Jesus we know has both spiritual and physical implications. Um, And look, the concern about the least of these is actually more about us in here than those out there. And so think about the consequences because verse 41 and verse 46 talk about it's about sins of omission. The things you don't do. And the church of the future will need to be mindful of this. I know we call ourselves faithful, adventurous and compassionate. We must first and foremost show compassion to each other. You know that. Care, love, forgiveness. We don't leave it for someone else. I've noticed in the life I've lived... Uh, that often if there's a piece of paper on the floor, have you ever noticed this? Uh, not in this congregation, but some people will walk past that piece of paper and expect the next person to pick it up. You ever notice that with kids? Someone else will do it. You're supposed to do it. If you see it, do it. Don't think, so- well, it's someone else's job. And that's, that's the danger here, we can do that. Um, the gospel message has social implications and I shared that in our vision book years ago. That in fact we want to make sure even that we care that the church actually continues to impact others. We said that ages ago. And probably the classic example would be Luke 10. Luke 10, you probably know it. If I just said there was the Good Samaritan, you probably know that story. Can you remember the last words in that story in that moment in time as... Uh, there's help given. What's the words? Go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. Uh, you know, be mindful of this. And so consequences, decisions, sheep and goats. And with the goats, it's the opposite story. Verse 41, then he will say to those on his left, uh, depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. Uh, And more than likely, goats probably think they're sheep. And the question could come, isn't it a fine line between a sheep and a goat? I sort of sound like I want to sing a song, a fine line between pleasure and pain, but I won't. And it probably is a fine line, but understand this, Jesus knows very clearly who are the sheep and who are the goats. And while they may look similar in other parts of the world, there are distinctives. And both groups expect, it seems to me, a different basis of judgment. But both are shocked. But at the final day, when Jesus returns, it's settled. As I said, no time for conversation. Those on the right are given the chance to inherit the kingdom and those on the left, the goats, are thrown out and separated for all eternity. Very different. I want you to know to understand where you stand. 
and I want to be really clear about this, don't be a goat. <laughs> Have I ever been a goat in my nearly 40 years of married life? Just ask my beloved Rhonda. Have I ever had moments of being a goat? More than likely annually. But because I'm married to such a wonderful sheep, she's helped me take the edges off. Because I've been part of a congregation of church members, they too have helped take the edges off. Because I've continued to be part of church, I know I get paid to come to church, but that's a separate story. Even pre-being a minister, even in COVID year, being part of church life has helped me continue in my faith. Why? Because sheep know they need each other and sheep know they need the shepherd. Goats tend to be independent. We'll do it my way, look at me. And let me just say, in case you're thinking of uh, blessing Rhonda and I, how can I upset all of you? Let me try and do this right now. Especially to those on home, at home watching. If you're sitting at home watching this and it's a hot day, even though it's quite nice inside, and you're thinking, I'll wait for a certain day before I physically come back. Can I put a plug in for the next minister? Can I put a plug in for the ministry team? Uh, don't wait too long before you make a decision about returning to church. Can I say that? I just did. Uh, don't wait another day, another week, another month. Because the danger we all run is that, brothers and sisters, as I look straight down the camera and those around me, you might run the risk of becoming a goat. Uh, where you start to think, I'm independent, who needs church? I can just watch online. Praise the Lord you're watching online for those who are watching online. But brothers and sisters, don't treat this as if it doesn't matter. It matters. Christ is coming back. Are you ready for that? And so if I was you and you're sitting at home thinking, I'll just wait for the next one or the next one, I'd get back as soon as you can. As soon as this service finishes, go online and register for next week. Oh, that's just Ian saying it. Of course it's just Ian saying it. But don't delay. Be on about the king's business. Be on about the awareness of what it means to be part of a community. Have you noticed sometimes, that uh, more than often than not, sheep have horns also? Ever been butted by someone with horns? Yeah. But when you're part of a faith community, you just keep, they help. I came to faith in church. I fell in love in church. I got married in church. I met my beloved Rhonda in church. We had kids in church. Not actually in church, don't take it literally. Oh, they made them laugh, isn't that good? They're awake. Praise the Lord, those at home, they're awake. I found my calling in church. We've sought to raise our kids in church. I mean, do I think it really matters? <sighs> yes, it does. I don't want to be at the end thinking, am I a sheep or a goat? Where am I headed? And this whole issue, you see this in verse 44. The goats will say, but the, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick in prison and did not help you? And he'll reply, whatever you did not do for the least of these. Verse 45, you did not do for me. Then you'll go to eternal punishment. The goats are people who will follow themselves. The goats can go to the bin and say, look at all the tax receipts I have for all the money I've given to church. Look at all the evidence I've got to say how good I am. The sheep are oblivious to it. They just do what they do because they've been transformed. A dividing line at the end. Yes, be generous. Yes, be kind. But understand, just because you might think good works is going to get you somewhere they don't in terms of the, king, of the kingdom, in terms of a goat's perspective. 
The sheep just get on about it because they know what Christ has done. Shock, both are shocked, both astonishment, both astonished. And maybe you even feel this, uh, when you come to church, we've got those ruthless COVID marshals and welcomers and people with signs and sprays and temperature clickers and, oh, you think, if they come near me, bang. What do you like just with those around you who are seeking to serve you? Do you thank them? Do you say to the COVID marshal, high five? No, you can't do a high five because you can't touch your hands. Or do you just, in your heart, get, it's all bunkum anyhow. Who believes this? There's no this or there's no that. I'll sit where I like. Who are you to tell me where I sit? Oh, brothers and sisters, the day will come when Jesus will absolutely tell you where you sit. Make no mistake about that. He'll be very clear, very decisive, and very distinctive. Goats there, sheep there, done. No time for arguments, all over. Don't care how you vote, who you believe in, how much you've given, it matters on that last day about your relationship with Christ. So our future, dare I quote a preacher who has had issues, who you are when no one is looking really matters. Who you are when no one is looking, I've always remembered that. So brothers and sisters, we must be about bringing in the lost, the lame, the broken, the distressed, the divorced, the separated. They need to hear about a saviour who cares and they need to hear about a saviour that wants them to know them. Ministries of mercy to unbelievers is absolutely crucial. But how we care for each other. And we know that because even in Luke 6, Jesus says, oh, just because you love those who love you, you whoopee-doo. Of course they're going to love you back. What about loving those who don't love you? Luke 6, 27, verse 32, uh, even. If you love those who love you, what credit is it to you? Even sinners love those who love them. Of course they do. To be faithful, adventurous and compassionate, no matter what the future looks like, is always going to be key. To raise funds to the PNG project, to make sure the gospel goes out and that we're thinking of future generations is crucial. That's why I'm excited about all the gift aid projects and especially PNG. Watch, keep alert, be ready. Love the shepherd. You know, the sheep are unaware that they're ministering in such a way that they'll be rewarded. They do it because their lives have been changed. We are called, the day will come when we have to give an account. And that is true. You know, uh, as the band comes up to help us uh, conclude our time together, I'm often, uh, I felt a bit more broken this week, but I'm often broken in Matthew 26, the la- verse 75, you can check it out, Matthew 26, 75. And Matthew 26, it's a long chapter, and so much happens to Jesus. But right towards the end, Jesus is, dear Peter, oh, dear Peter, you're going to say you don't know me. No way, I'm there right to the end. I won't deny you, Jesus, it's all good. The rooster crows three times, guess what Peter does? Ah. Oh. And the last verse in 26 simply says, and Peter goes outside and weeps bitterly. I don't want any one of you on that last day to be standing in the row, either, especially in the goat's side, weeping bitterly because you're thinking, I should, have, I should have done something about that. That bloke, I've forgotten his name, back in 2020. 2020, in that COVID year, he said something about this passage. Ah, oh, I totally ignored it, and I've just lived my life the way I want to live it. Don't do that. And remember, good works are not a way to heaven. The sheep do what they do because they know they're on their way to heaven. And as a result, they continue to serve and to love. 
This is the new community that Christ talks about. This is the people of God he talks about. This is the church that matters, and it has to matter for us. There's only one life we get, and we're all called to respond according to the great king. May it be that we do that. Oh, yes, you can stay at home and do that. But brothers and sisters, may I say this clearly. Don't stay at home too long, because the evil one will work at you in ways you'll least expect it. Be ready for that day. Continue to serve each other and love Christ in the meantime. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and mercy to us. We thank you for all that you have done. And Father, may it be that our lives absolutely make a difference to those around us, especially to the household of faith. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.